listening to the Retirement Remix Show with financial advisors and hosts Chip Munn, that's me, and John Tate of Signature Wealth Group. Get ready for a bite-sized dose of timely and actionable financial planning and retirement tips alongside remixed retirement stories from real people just like you. Listen in now to be inspired, find direction, and build your own retirement remix. John Tate, what's up, man? Chip Munn, happy Friday to you, sir. Happy Friday to you and happy birthday to Turner Tate. And it's not only Turner Tate's birthday, but February 19th happens to be the one-year anniversary of 2020's market peak. So if you think about to one year ago today, we were all thinking that the market was going to just continue to go up. Maybe there was this thing called the coronavirus over here in the wings that might be an issue, but probably not. And um, and then a month later, it was it was disaster. But here we are again, and and the stock market is today sixteen percent higher than it was a year ago. Well, it it certainly has it has been an unbelievable year, uh, just all over the place uh, in in a lot of different ways. Uh, and one of the areas, John, and, and what we're going to talk about today, one one of the areas that it really has impacted is small business and you know it has just been a you know in some of the conversations that I've had when folks are trying to understand the difference between how the market has reacted and what we see kind of boots on the ground in in some of our local areas it's the fact that there is no index for small businesses if so you know the things that we can invest in uh, have historically been the kinds of things that have a little more stay in power as far as being able to weather the storm cash wise and some of those things, but it can be tough. It it has been particularly tough on small businesses. And and one of the things that is perennially tough on small businesses is taxes. And so kind of as we uh, wrap up uh, our kind of few week uh, jaunt into taxes, Today we were going to talk about how that affects small businesses. So when you think, John, about um, small businesses and taxes, why is it important for those who are in business or who own a business to be paying attention to their taxes? You know, it's one of those things that um, business owners really don't enjoy paying attention to, not only because it doesn't really make them any money, but it takes time away from what they really enjoy doing, which is running their business and doing what they do for a living. So um, it is something that requires some attention. And as we've said before in, in previous podcasts, if you can hire somebody to help you, that's the way to go. Um, but, you know, not to make everything about COVID today and, and the markets and, and we're talking about taxes, but businesses are, they're, they're changing. I mean, we are watching exodus from bigger cities. We are watching a change to, the traditional going into the office, sitting in your office and working to not going into the office, creating a space at home to work from. And, you know, we're seeing more people transition to working at home. And so that can occasionally mean that you're creating a space to work from that is dedicated to you, your work and office. And so it makes sense to start thinking about how does that affect my taxes? What do I do with that? And I know, Chip, you've 
created a, a home office uh, space on your end. So, you know, you probably, I have not done that yet. So maybe you, ha- you can give me some pointers or give some of our listeners some pointers on, on the best way to do that and, and how you made the decisions you made. Well, I certainly can give advice on uh, how to set it up. Uh, you know, I'm still in the process. Yeah, I'm a big believer. We've talked in previous podcasts about hiring professionals as far as figuring out the best way to deal with. You know, one of the things that uh, that I'm pretty sure of is if you have a home office space, but you still have an office, it does limit some of the things that you can do deductibility wise. So again, it's one of those things worth consulting a professional, but we certainly have seen a lot of changes uh, in terms of, you know, people working from home by choice or by necessity. And one of the biggest things when it comes to uh, not only being an employee in a business and working from home, but from owning a business, whether it's your primary occupation or a secondary kind of uh, a side hustle or some sort of um, your know, retirement remix type job where you're doing some consulting is, you know, whether you're owning the business as a full-time deal or a part-time uh, kind of side offering, owning a business offers you one of the best potential opportunities for tax planning. And so it, it creates a vehicle by which not only can you generate income, but it has a structure that's separate from your personal income taxes most of the time that allows you some different rules. And so uh, one of the things, John, that you know, I think is important is trying to kind of generally understand what, uh, what deductible expenses are available. So one of the things that I have people ask me all the time is, you know, do you have some general rules of thumb for things that I can deduct and things that I can't. And before you answer that, because I'm going to put you on the spot for some some examples, important to note, John and I recommend that you talk to your tax provider. We're talking in, in general education terms. Uh, we are not giving specific tax advice, so be clear about that. But John, uh, what are some rules of thumb as far as uh, deductibility of certain things, some of the things that you've seen from your business owner clients? Um, you know, if a few rules of thumb that, that I did start working out on a regular basis. It's one of the, not really a new year's resolution, so to speak, but it is something I want to start doing. And so I did inquire, uh, to my tax professional about whether gym expenses were deductible or not. If I was doing it during the week and, you know, as part of a regiment to meet people and, um, you know, make myself more, uh, uh, physically fit and no gym expenses are, are not deductible. Uh, they are still personal expenses and, um, and not uh, client gifts. We all like to uh, pamper our clients. We like to show them that they are appreciated. Um, we like to make sure that they know that we are grateful that they are our clients. And so client gifts, yes, they are deductible, but up to a certain point. And at the time this podcast is being recorded, I think that point is $25. Uh, you can exclude or, or expense. And, um, and so, we, you know, we would do that if we were buying our clients gifts and then meals and entertainment 
want? Um, the answer is yes, you can exclude a portion of those. Uh, and again, the, at this point, it's I think 50% of the, of the meal expense is um, allowed to be deducted, but there are also some other rules that surround those. So as you're planning out your meals and expenses for your business and how you you um, take people out uh, and entertain them, it is important to talk to a professional and make sure you're following all the rules. Um, you know, there can also be some guidelines given uh, <clears throat> by the IRS when it comes to either leasing or buying equipment. Um, I don't have any experience with this. I own, you know, my own vehicles myself, my business does not, but I do know, I do have some clients that, uh, that uh, quote unquote run their automobiles through their business. And um, so it can depend which one is better for you, uh, but certain situations can lean one way or the other. If you're going to lease a vehicle, obviously there's no cash outlet outlay and the monthly expenses for the, for the lease can be written off or expensed. If you buy it, uh, there is a cash outlay, but you can write off the depreciation <clears throat> and then dispose of the asset once it no longer works or become <clears throat> becomes obsolete. So, um, there are some things there that could benefit your business if you're not already looking into it. I think the point of this discussion is to say, hey, this, you know, it might be something you would want to look into, or if you've had a question about it, seek out some professional assistance. Yeah, and you mentioned equipment, you know, and you were talking specifically about vehicles, but one of the other things, it's it, when it comes to tax planning for a lot of businesses is, uh, timing of when you're going to buy things, you know, buying certain things in December versus January that you're going to buy anyway. And and so inventory, those kinds of things, you know, there's just a big difference between signing the front of a check and the back of a check, you know, and for most of us who spent a lot of our time uh, as employees, signing the back of, uh, of a check, you just put it in the bank. When you're signing the front, there are a lot of other decisions like what we're talking about that go into really uh, kind of how you handle things. One of the things, John, that can be a big part of kind of the decision making is the structure of the business. So, uh, is there a right structure? H how do you make a determination on how to structure your business? And what are some of the different kinds? You know, there is no, I guess there is no werewolf killer. There's no silver bullet uh, for all, but there are some better structures for some business owners than others. And uh, so one of the most common ones that we see uh, for small businesses starting out is the LLC, the Limited Liability Corporation. And this is a structure that um, it's less rigid and it's profit loss allocation, everything, you know, flows through to the personal return, uh, it's, which makes it a pass through entity. That's what that uh, term, term means. And um, it does provide limited liability from creditors uh, between what you're doing on the business side and what you're doing uh, in your home life. And that is important. If you have a business, you never know what types of liabilities may strike or when they might strike. And it's important to have some protection. So that's one of the main reasons that I see people adopt the LLC structure, but it's also because of the pass through uh, income portion of, of that tax structure. And then of course you're going to pay self-employment tax on all your income. Um, that doesn't change, but, uh, it is uh, a better way to do things than just a sole prop or uh, a sole proprietorship or just technical structure at all. Um, once you have an LLC, you can also 
adopt a tax structure um, called the S corporation and adopting that tax structure keeps the, the pass through entity um, there. And uh, the profit and loss uh, is dictated by share ownership. So in an S corp, there are shares that you own. And so if you and a, a partner own 50% of the company each, then the profit and loss is divvied up 50, 50 or whatever that share ownership uh, is. And if you look at uh, you know, the main important uh, tax piece of the S Corp, it is that uh, you have the ability to take both a salary, which has self-employment tax, you have your FICA that is is paid on that. And then you also have the ability to um, take dividends or what some uh, business owners call a draw from the company. And the uh, advantage of taking a draw is that you're not paying any FICA on that money. And so the way, the way I usually explain it to people is if you're going to adopt the S corp, pay yourself a reasonable salary in W2, pay into social security, pay into Medicare, but take another piece and pay yourself without putting into any of those things and look at the amount of money that you save in employment taxes and set that money aside for potentially a retirement plan contribution or something like that. So you're building up um, both sides. You're building up Social Security and Medicare, but you're also building up your own uh, retirement assets. And I think that's very important and something that um, the S Corp uh, benefits um, benefits its users. Have you had a experience, similar experiences with that, Chip? I have. And the other thing that you touched on that's important to remember is that for those who are saving for retirement, and and let's face it, most of the folks that I work with who are doing consulting or some sort of extended work after their kind of uh, first careers, you know, so folks who are still doing some work after they've kind of transitioned out of full time is the ability to continue to take advantage of retirement plans. You know, as a business, you're able to structure and and as a smaller business, let's say, for example, that you were doing some consulting work, you can have a completely different kind of retirement plan that's tailored and allows a little more flexibility and also um, contributability. Um, and so that, that you were, then you were used to with the typical 401k plan, perhaps at your, your old job. And so the ability to earn money and still say, you know, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And so the ability to save some, uh, because a lot of times folks in retirement are working, not because they have to, but because they want to. And so realizing the earned income may not be exactly what they want to do, they want to make it, but being able to establish a new retirement plan can be really helpful. And, and that's just one of those things where we've talked before about professional help. One of the things that kind of the biggest mistakes, John, that I see is that people get into these things and, and there are forms on the internet, you know, uh, that you can setting up an LLC, for example, is incredibly easy. You can do it over the internet. The tax structure and the and the rules around that though can be complex, and so it's an area. One of the the areas where I've seen is missing opportunities, kind of because you didn't know what the rules were. And I, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I see is folks not taking full advantage of what they could do because 
they didn't know all the rules and they didn't maximize kind of their opportunities. I, I would definitely agree with that. And, and it's like, uh, you know, um, the old uh, killing a mosquito with a cannon type of situation where if you have this great structure, but you're not using it, it's really not doing anybody any good. And uh, so to, to go to a professional, at least in the first couple of years, even if you, you, in your mind, you really don't want to hire a professional long-term to do it. What I typically suggest is <clears throat> try to overcome that thought at least for a year or two so you can see how a professional would tell you to do it. And then if you want to go out and do it yourself that way, that's fine too. I, I do have clients that have chosen that route, but um, most of the time as the tax law changes and we all know it does change, you, you really do need somebody there watching out for you and making sure you're taking advantage of all the, the options that are available to you and just so you don't miss anything. Because once, once taxes are done, you know, it's, it's pretty much, once the year's over, it's over. Yeah, you know, there's no going back, really. No, it's one of the few times uh, you, you can't go back and fix those things. And so it's, uh, again, I, I think that we've beat the drum of getting professional help. But the truth is, as a business owner, you have better things to do. Uh, and you can make more money running your business, doing your consulting, what uh, you know, making your product than you can trying to figure out the best way. And, and like we talked about in a previous podcast, the best tax professional is more like a meteorologist than a reporter. And so you want to be able to work with somebody side by side. That's one of the biggest success tips, John, that I would see is is to plan, is to use this. And, and we say this because... You know, if you're listening to this as it's first, uh, you know, as the show is released, there's plenty of time in this tax year to plan and to make adjustments. You've got plenty of time. So use this as a time not only to wrap up. You know, this is a time, John, when most people are focused on wrapping up last year. It's also the time where you have one of the bigger opportunities for impact for next year. John, any uh, other success tips before we wrap things up? I think we've covered it pretty well. I think, um, you know, just looking into the intricacies about uh, whether or not a home office might work for you as things change and just, you know, being able to kind of roll with the punches that life throws at you. Um, that's, that's really all we try to help our clients do. And that's the reason you would reach out to us and ask us questions. Well, and I think the, the last thing I would say is keep good records. You know, one of the, the hardest things about running a business is that in a lot of cases, there can be a lot of entries and transactions and you know, not to mention all the rules. So keep good records. Make sure that that's something that you're doing. And uh, if we can be of help, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, just let us know. John, great to see you. See you again next week, brother. Yes, sir. You got it. Here we have it, another great episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, here are four ways that we can help. First, complete the Retirement Success Scorecard to discover whether or not you're on track to a successful retirement on your terms. You can find this at SignatureWealth.com scorecard. Second, get a complimentary copy of my book, The Retirement Remix. Whether you're interested in real-life retirement stories and inspiration from others like you, or you want to learn more about Medicare and Social Security. It's all in there. Go to theretirementremix.com to grab your copy. Third, 
Listen in on bi-weekly office hours with our team. We host live virtual office hours to share new investment and planning information and answer your money, markets, and retirement questions. Find the details to join us at SignatureWealth.com slash office hours. And fourth, schedule a complimentary strategy call with one of our advisors to make sure you're on track toward your ideal retirement. Go to SignatureWealth.com and select the Signature Wealth office closest to you. We'll be back here next week for more on the Retirement Remix. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. 